Hello, everyone. I'm Scott Pirat, joined by Gabe Gottesman from 88.9 The Bridge. Today, we are joined by Brady Silverwood, who is also known as the real-life Forrest Gump. Last April, Brady spoke with us after he ran across the United States from New Jersey to the Pacific Ocean at Powerhouse Park. But he decided running across the entire country wasn't enough to satisfy his adventurous appetite. Since then, Brady has run a total of 378 miles across Costa Rica, going from the border of Nicaragua to Panama. Brady has completed feats not many could even imagine attempting. His life story could be the next blockbuster movie. Brady, thank you for joining us. <laughs> wow, what an intro, Scott. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you guys and uh, see if I can answer some of your questions here. So our first question for you is, when did you first decide you wanted to run across Costa Rica? So um, it was, I'm not going to lie. It was, it's pretty funny to think about this, but it was actually two days before flying out to Costa Rica. Um, I'll explain, I'll explain myself. So uh, after the USA run, you know, I, of course, lots of people ask me, will you run across the US again? Will you run across another country? And, you know, I had to give myself some time to really, like, you know, think about it if I wanted to do it. And the first few months after running across the US, I was like satisfied. I was like, you know, I don't have any need or wants to go anywhere else and run across another country. And then, um, you know, it was probably the summer 2020 when I started getting the idea to run across the United Kingdom. And I was like, ooh, that could be pretty cool. And it was during COVID. And, you know, I was, I was starting to train back up again and get in pretty good shape. But I, I used COVID as an excuse to not go out to the UK. And, it, you know, their regulations really weren't, weren't that... Uh, that intense and then later in the year um so i kind of like that went to the side I, I focused on some other things i was actually managing an artist in the music industry for a bit so that took up a lot of my time and then it came the one year anniversary of me running across the usa and i don't know it was like something came out of me again and you know i actually recovered from covid in um i got it at the very end of october recovered in november and all this was happening around the same time where like I was starting to get inspired with my running again and like, you know, having COVID and then getting feeling better and then starting to go on some more long runs. And, you know, December came around and I was like, I need to do this again. So I was like, all right, the UK, it's too tough out there with COVID. Um, so the next choice was Ireland. I was really just, you know, set on running across Ireland. And I probably, you know, picked Ireland the first week of December, booked the flights, everything, everything was all set. And two days before going out on January 1st, my videographer, by the way, um, he had, he had pretty much accepted to go do this trip with me, but even he thought we were going to Ireland. And two days before I noticed just from posting, I actually even announced that, Hey, I'm running across Ireland. And uh, all these people that were actually like locals from Ireland were saying like, dude, you, I would not come out here right now. Like they just put our country in a tier five lockdown. Like 
you can barely even uh travel i think they said like there's restrictions of like you'd only travel between like a five mile radius of your town so i started to think of the worst things of like what if because of covid i'm i'm not even allowed to like run through these towns you know so it just psyched me out man and i made a last minute audible and i was like i was i, I remember i was on a run and I was calling my friend. I was like, dude, this is so bad. You know, I was going to do Ireland and now I can't, what should I do? And he was like, have you like, what are some other ones you're thinking of? And I started listing out some countries. Like, I think I said like Egypt, Turkey, um, Costa Rica, Panama. And my friend was like, dude, Costa Rica is amazing. My friend, Alan, and he was just like, it's beautiful. You know, the people are really nice there. Um, I think you would love it. And so I looked it up and their COVID restrictions, you didn't even need to, you know, uh, you didn't need to quarantine when you got in, you didn't need a test. You didn't need to take a test before going there. Um, so yeah, man, that's how it, that's how it went down two days before. And, uh, I went out there, flew out January 1st. Um, we got in and on January 2nd, um, we, we rented our, our car out there and drove probably about 70 miles from the main town we had flew into um, to the Nicaragua Costa Rica border. And then uh, I started running. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, an amazing, again, so, so a lot shorter than the US, but lots of little similarities within of like, you know, struggles uh, through the running with the weather, the heat was really tough. The humidity, you know, the first few days was just taking out all my energy. And um, it was like, wow, like I'm really doing this again. It kind of hits you in the face. Like, you know, um, people from the outside might look in and be like, oh, but you ran 3,300 miles, 300 is like nothing, but it, it is like these challenges, you know, um, they're very mental. So while physically I can do it mentally, you can, you can uh, psych yourself out or have lots of different things happen. Um, some challenges on day six, I sprained my ankle the first mile of the run and I ended up running 20 more miles on it. Um, but what happened was the, the roads were, uh, you know, in certain areas you did have a good amount of running room, but there were certain roads that were really narrow and, this this one you know stretch i i had to go down onto this side hill to when the semi trucks were coming at me and i just rolled it right away on my left ankle and uh the next day i was thinking at the hotel when i woke up i was like i think i can power through it but even walking in the bathroom i was like limping and had to ice all day and uh my videographer was the one um paul he, he talked me out of it. He was like, dude, I think you should really just rest today. And I rested and it was the right thing to do because I, when I came back, I came back a lot stronger and I ran, I'll, I'll just give you a rundown. So I, up until that point of the trip, I was averaging probably 20 miles a day. And then when I came back from the injury, I did 21 miles, 25, 28, 30, 35, 30, 30, in the last day, I ran 56 miles. 
And before Costa Rica, Scott, I had never ran more than 28 miles in one sitting. So I was breaking all these personal records out there. And what's ironic is I, I, I even said this to the videographer, Paul, I said, you know, I really don't think I would have done as well as I did if I didn't have that little injury. I think it really kind of, you know, put a fire in, in my belly to, to overcome it and to, you know, keep pushing out there. So. So you mentioned some similarities between Costa Rica and the United States, but I can, I can imagine there were definitely some differences right before you started running. Was there anything like any strategies going into that were different from the United States in terms of running Costa Rica? Yeah, Gabe. um, You know, I, I really go into these things. um, I think your expectations are are really crucial. You know, Uh, whatever expectations you set, um, if, if they're too high right off the bat, then, then you might be giving yourself some more problems to deal with. Um, so when I go into the, any of these trips, you know, I'm not a big planner. Um, but even when I do plan things, I expect for a lot of things to not go my way while I'm out there. Um, and, and because of that, when they don't go my way, I don't freak out and I'm not like, uh, I don't know what to do. You know, it's like, okay, like, let's just roll with the punches. So, um, you know, I, I really wasn't too familiar with Costa Rica. It just was like, I should bring, you know, bring my gear, bring my running gear, um, bring, I brought compression bands, uh, which actually came in really clutch with my, when I had my ankle injury, I really needed those. Um, but, it was, I'd say a lot of uh, similarities with like just going to be able to go to gas stations, get Powerades, Gatorades. Um, we were even able to get ice after runs and I would go back to the hotels and, and ice my knees and stuff. Um, dif- definitely differences language barrier right off the bat. That's a big one. Um, but I did, I do know a decent amount of Spanish. I'm not like amazing at it, but I'm able to to get by if there was a, a, you know, an intense situation, I guess. Like at one of the days I actually got pulled over by the local police and um, they just wanted to know what I was doing. But uh, it was funny, none of them really spoke English to me. And so if I get pulled over in the US by police, I don't know why I just like, I get like, kind of like um, a little shook. It's like, I don't want to say the wrong thing or mess up. and. Uh, these guys just all three of them came out of the car. They're all speaking Spanish to me. And I was like, I was a little on edge, but um, I picked up one of the words they just said was bolso, which I remember from school is backpack. So I was like, Oh, they want to see my backpack. I opened my backpack. They, they actually looked at my Gatorade shoes and they're really like fascinated by them. And I was like, it's not, they're not drugs. It's just Gatorade stuff for energy. But um, yeah, man, I really, you know, uh, I was able to have cell service for most of the time out there, which was, which was good. Um, similar to the U S. Um, I guess the only major difference is in the U S I had the RVs, So, you know, they're what we didn't have to think of where we're going to sleep in Costa Rica. I really had to plan out of like, all right, we'll stay at this hotel for three nights. And then um, you know, I should be able to get to this town by this day. And, 
um, maybe I'll run this amount of miles. So we'll stay at this next hotel for four nights. And, you know, planning out that stuff was a little bit different, but, you know, I would do it like a few days out. Um, again, the most planning I did for the trip was just like uh, the flight rental car in the first hotel. Other than that, I didn't book anything else for the whole trip. So, um, yeah, just kind of did it as it, as it came to me, I guess. And you talked um, about how this time, unlike last time, you had to book hotel rooms and it was a different experience. How many total days did the run take? And when you were not running, was there any like extra activities you did when you were in Costa Rica? It's a great question. So, um, so the initial plan, Scott, was to um, was to to run their their country in about two weeks. I thought I thought it was going to come out to be about two hundred and eighty miles, um, and so. Yeah, I thought I would be able to to run the country in about two weeks, and and have some leftover days. So, um, looking back, I didn't. Again, I didn't. It was very rushed. So it was like January first through the. I want to say we flew back on the eighteenth, and just the way it worked out, because I took a day off and there was a travel day. It didn't start till January second. I ended up finishing on January 16th and for the most part, we would go out to restaurants. We'd interact with some locals. It's a little bit tougher with COVID going on to do, to do that. I think we probably would have been doing more of that if COVID wasn't such a thing. Um, and yeah, I, I really thought there was going to be more days to do some, you know, maybe, I don't know, some tours or some zip lining and stuff like that. Um, it just worked out that the very last day, um, the 17th, that I was done with running and actually just most of the hotels we were staying at were like little, um, you know, um, little like bed and breakfast, like not, not like super expensive places in the last night because um, this comes out all of my pocket or this last trip did. Um, and uh, I booked like a Planet Hollywood, nice little suite, and we stayed at the pool, and uh, we, were, we were helping ourselves to some, uh, you know, maybe pina coladas and stuff like that. And it was it was a good time, but <laughs> um, yeah. So I think with future, with you know, if it's something like you know, I'm running across the country, like the United States, or say future countries that I'm thinking of Australia or Canada, you know, that's going to be months. You're going to be running across those countries for months. So when you get to a cool town, just taking a day off or two to, to go do things, that's very, you know, that's how I would probably do it. That's kind of what I did in the U S you know, when I went through Nashville, we took a few days off and checked out the city and stuff. Um, with these shorter trips, my kind of, the way I look at it is like get it done. And then if I have a little time afterwards, we can go do some of those things. But um, I mean, the priority with this though, really is to, to um, accomplish the running aspect of it, because that's the part that I really believe does inspire a lot of people. And that's kind of my mission is to, to show people um, what is possible for not only myself, but for them too. So 
Um, but yeah, the experiences are cool, man. And, um, you know, we met, we met some cool people out there. Um, you get actually a lot of, I don't know what they call them expats or I don't know if that's the right word, but like a lot of like people that used to live in the U S that go out there and just like it so much that they just decide to stay in Costa Rica and they're big surfers or whatnot. And there's some really cool little beach towns. We went through this one called Dominical and, uh, just like really just rad cool people. The owner at this one hotel, Rio Lindo, she was, I think she had just moved from Los Angeles like four years before it. And, um, she was really just like laid back and cool. She could not believe what I was doing. Like, uh, I think the first day she found out when we were staying there, I had ran like 30 miles or something. And she came and, uh, when, we, when we were ordering food and I said, Oh yeah, I'll take a pizza. Like, you know, probably just one or two slices of fine. She's like, no, you need like the whole pizza. Like, <laughs> she's funny. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, we didn't have any, uh, you know, dangerous interactions. That was something that like, um, from the get go, we kind of heard some, Hey, there could be some, some things going on down there. So just be careful with posting. And that's kind of why I couldn't, I really wanted to post as the trip went on, but I couldn't because of that. Um, and that's a big thing that I'm going to try to do with future runs is like be able to live stream while I'm doing it. I think people really enjoy that aspect. So, yeah. So last time you ran, when you ran across the United States, you ran for foundations like Make-A-Wish, St. Jude's Hospital, the Humane Society, and then many other organizations. This time when you ran across Costa Rica, was there um, anything that you were trying to do? Maybe not even like an organization, but just a general idea of what you were trying to kind of accomplish in terms of inspiring people and kind of making change. Yeah, so... Um... I mean, I, I just have, I have a lot of things that, um, will like touch my heart and I'm like, Ooh, I'd, I'd love to help this or support that. Um, so for me to just run for one thing would be kind of, it'd be hard. It'd be hard for me to do. That's why the U S one, it was like, I started just picking all these charities. I was like, Oh, I like this one though too. So, um, I mean, personally, I'm trying to build my brand and, um, I know the the more influence and, and the more success I have that I'll be able to share that with other people. And, um, you know, I, I personally give to charity every year too. So whether it's, you know, the label of the run, it's, you know, um, if it's helping me in my life, I try to give back to others through what I do. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, man, like, I think, you know, uh, I, I think charity is awesome, but I also think inspiring someone to, to, to live their life the way they want to live their life is really powerful too. You know, you could have some, you could have some disease, um, and, and that's out of your control, or you could be healthy, but if you're healthy and your mindset is, I'm going to do this job that my parents want me to do, let's say, and I don't want to do it, but I'm just going to keep doing it. And then maybe one day that person sees a video of me running across the country and they're like, wow, this is kind of cool. I wonder what, how this guy came doing that. And they learn about my story and realize that, you know, I, I luckily like my parents never really 
forced me down a certain route and that allowed me to have time to kind of see what things I was interested in. And I never knew it would be running. Um, I hated running growing up. So, um, yeah, if it, I think if my videos can make someone just, uh, look within and go, Hey, maybe I should go for this thing that I've been thinking about. Then that I think is that's life changing. And, um, you know, charities, charities are life changing as well. So again, I don't think one is better, um, than the other. I just, I think, um, not a lot of people put value on like inspiring someone. And I really just, I'm really focused on trying to inspire as many people as I can. Um, again, not to necessarily get into running or exercise or anything like that, but, um, just to live their life the way, um, they they think is good for them you know and our next thing one of my favorite questions is if you could frame a picture of one moment during your run what would it be oh that's a good one um because hmm. i know oh, i think i know i think i know so um on the very last day on the very last day i was running over this bridge and my videographer was parked on the other side of the bridge. And I, I kind of set out that last day to know, hey, it doesn't matter how much time this takes, how, how many miles, I'm going to make it to the border. And I remember it had been eight hours and I hadn't checked my miles yet. And when I checked my miles, it was at, I was at 43 miles after eight hours. And I, I just remember like, I was just high on life, man. Like I ran up to his car and I was like, dude, you're not going to believe it. And I like showed him my miles and he was freaking out. And then I just started like, I honestly think I started a USA chant because I had my USA bandana on. I was just like, USA. And I, I, I went on to, this is what's remarkable too. I went on to run the next seven miles. I want to say my best pace of the whole day. So like, you know, you'd never imagine that you think, oh, the first 10 miles maybe would be your fastest when you're running 56 miles, but literally mile 43 to 50 were my best miles that day. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't even say it was the exact finish because my mind and body were just spent, exhausted by that time. But mile 43, it was like, um, I don't know, just like, again it's like every time man i proved to myself that like i knocked down these limitations that i set for myself it's just like it's the best feeling in the world because um it's it's your you're kind of rewiring your mind and brain to know that wow i am capable of these things and i don't know it doesn't get old it doesn't get old man it's cool but then on the other hand you know there's the other hand to it it's like, now I know that I'm capable of these things, right? So when I'm out there and I'm slacking off or whatnot, I think to myself, like I, I probably did a training run a few days ago and I ran 13 miles and the last, last mile, I was just like feeling a little like not that like into it. And I said to myself, you just ran 56, like, a, you know, like a month ago, bro. like get it together. So, um, yeah, that's the other side to it is like, you know, you, you know what you're capable of. So there's, there's no more excuses, you know? 
feel like you're inspiring me to run like a marathon right now. I'm ready to <laughs> the meeting's over right now. Okay. So let's say someone comes up to you and says like, how hard can it really be? Because obviously, I mean, I think Scott and I both know this is an incredible feat. But if someone says, I'm not sure I buy that this is, you know, such an extreme challenge. What, what would you be your like one minute elevator pitch on that? This is why running across an entire country is so difficult. Okay, so I'll tell you this, and, and I'm not joking when I say this. Sometimes it's the running is the easiest part. And, and most people go right to the running be the hardest part. And I think I would just say the reason most people don't do this is logistically when they think of everything that has to be done, especially for a USA run, a USA run, you're talking about, depending on how many miles you run, say, if they're kind of like me, maybe that takes six to eight months. That takes a lot of planning, RV, gas, the day-to-day of it. Um, I would just say most, most people just looking at what they would have to do for the first week alone would just they that would that would take them out they wouldn't want to do it anymore now now i'm not discouraging people um i'm just saying i think that's how most people if they're faced with it that's how it would go down um i think you really need a patient mindset you really need to just it the only the only way i think people can do this is if like they just down to their core believe in the what they're doing the process um because if you didn't you just go crazy <laughs> like i think you just go crazy out there and our um, final and our final question for you is you yeah. talked about the beginning your friend said egypt and all these other countries now that you have completed your second country is a third in the foreseeable future and if so how can our listeners support you because i know i found you through tiktok and instagram yeah well, Scott, that's a good question, and uh, there is there is a lot more to come. Um, the f- the next one, I'll actually be flying out in early March, so I've actually been training all of February um, for this country, and um, yeah, when is this airing? Uh- <laughs> This is going to be airing within the next few weeks, so this can be your your big release. Okay, we'll delay okay. we'll delay it as long like until you announce it. <laughs> okay, well I'll say it on here. So for now, you know things can change. Like I said, with the Ireland to Costa Rica. So before today, we were thinking of uh, a country in Africa called Botswana, but logistically, um, it was just creating too many nightmares. And I don't have a support crew that's, I think, ready for a country like that yet. But um, now we're looking towards running across South Korea. So that would be my next country. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So that's, that's the one that I'm thinking it'll be. So that's impressive. Well, we hope our listeners follow you at Brady Runs the World and follow your adventures. Brady, thank you for joining us today. It has been a pleasure hearing about your journey across Costa Rica. Of course.